Welcome into The Harvest, a podcast dedicated to helping ordinary believers take the message and mission of Jesus out of the building and into the everyday places of life. My name is Andrew Stroud. I'm joined today by my co-host, Abigail Wilson, and we're glad to have you with us. Well, Abby, we're in that season. We do these podcasts every two weeks. So last time we had just finished Thanksgiving. Now, I don't know about your family, but we're in the full Christmas swing. So how are things going for you guys? Are you feeling the season? Are you, are you feeling festive or is everything just a blur? Oh, man. Well, um, <laughs> that's a good question. And I'm not sure. I think minute by minute I, I change. Um, you know, also the Christmas season is the time for children to be sick. So I don't know if you know that, but that's the truth. Um, and so, uh, it's actually, I think it's a good thing though, because, uh, it keeps things calmer than maybe I would have them. I would go to every holiday party, do every holiday gathering. And I think we had three scheduled this last weekend and we did one of them. So, and I think Hmm. that was probably right. So this, uh is is good for me to you know keep things a little bit slower than maybe I would have them being the extrovert that I am because I love the holidays I love Christmas <laughs> if anyone's following along with my advent posts on um, Instagram that I do on Instagram stories I really just need like a buddy the elf uh, little like cartoon at the bottom of everyone because like clapping because i'm that excited about all things Christmas. so but i'm trying to tone it down anyway how are you guys doing uh we're doing good Uh, and i'm actually loving the advent posts i really like the way every day for those of you who aren't following the, the instagram account every day abby puts together a story that is really helping our community really keep jesus at the center of this season uh, by posting a scripture reading with some thoughts from the Advent season. But we're doing really good, and I'm I'm also really in the mood for Christmas this year. Last year, um, I couldn't remember why, but uh, one of the members of my family reminded me that I had uh, I had broken some ribs last year. Oh, wow. And so a lot of the like outdoor lights and decorations just didn't get put up um, at our house last year. But this year, they're up, so... I love it. I mean, we're in San Diego, so the weather pretty much feels the same as it does in other seasons of the year, but the lights make a big difference and we're definitely we're definitely feeling the the season. Yeah, you guys sometimes you have to make your own Christmas feelings. I lived in the um southern <laughs> hemisphere for a while and Christmas is in the summertime there and that is hmm. hard yep. to get behind. Um I'm really yeah. like all the support and feels for me to our Southern Hemisphere listeners, if we have any, um, because that's rough. I mean, you can't watch right. White Christmas in like sweltering heat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you're doing it, guys. All the thoughts and prayers. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of Christmas, last time we encouraged you, our listeners, to head over to iTunes and give us the gift of rating and exactly. reviewing the show. And a few of you did, so we definitely want to say thank you. If you're listening right now, if you are hearing these words coming (laughs) through your earbuds or out of the speaker of your car as you're driving, um, this is for you. If you haven't yet left us a rating and review, take a minute, leave us a five-star rating, and then a two- or three-sentence review. And really the question that we're hoping that you can help answer is, why is this podcast worth checking out? And I was 
doing some reading on this and the psychology behind it, and it's actually got a label. It's called social proofing. And it's actually something all of us are familiar with. We, we've all experienced it when we buy something on Amazon and we look at those stars and we read a few reviews. Or when you've heard about this great new restaurant and you're thinking about checking it out, but you pull up the Yelp reviews just to see what other people have to say about it. We put a lot of stock into these kinds of reviews. They really do sway people's opinion. Yeah, they really do. And I know I'm a big review reader, so I I think I can really get behind this idea and understand it. And so just think about your friends. And if you were to tell them about our podcast, then just tell the imaginary and invisible friends of the internet by telling the iTunes just today. Uh, and it doesn't even have to be two or three sentences. It can be one it can be an emoji. Like, I am that desperate. So um, I will take the fire emoji. Like, that's a good choice if you need some, like, options. Like, a smiley face will work. Um, maybe, like, the bomb one. I really like that emoji. So anyway. All I, good choices. Yeah. I mean, guys, just think outside the box. We just want your love. It'll also encourage us, I think. And it will be a big help to our new listeners who are maybe thinking about checking out this podcast. Yeah, we really do appreciate you guys taking the time to do that. And uh, speaking of a show, today we're going to be finishing our three-part series on getting started in the harvest. So over the past several episodes, we've been talking about how Jesus is calling us to this life of adventure and radical faith. But there are some common obstacles that can hold us back and keep us from really leaning into that adventure that Jesus has for us. Yeah, that's right. So a few episodes ago, we talked about uncertainty and how that can keep us from moving forward. And sometimes we just lack a clear picture of what Jesus is calling us to do. So we cover that completely in episode 16. So go back and listen to it if you haven't already. And then last time in episode 17, we discussed fear and how that can be an obstacle that holds us back. So go back and listen to those if you haven't already, because today we're going to cover something that's familiar to all of us, and that's busyness, maybe the perfect type of topic for us this time of year. So how are we going to tackle this one, Andrew? <laughs> yeah, you're right. This this is, um, we were actually talking a little bit before we started recording. And even with this particular uh, recording session for the podcast, um, it's a challenge, you know, B- <laughs> busyness is something that all of us are familiar with. And we actually had to reschedule this recording session uh, to make it happen. Um <laughs> But yeah, we do want to start by defining what we mean by busyness and why it's such a challenge for us in our modern age. I think it, it's definitely something that if you're listening to this, you can probably you can probably feel the, the pressure that that all of us face when it comes to living life well and how busyness can just oftentimes feel like it's 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 pressing in on us. So we want to define what we mean by busyness, because I think that's important and then we want to get into some practical ways that you and I, you and I, Abigail, have tried to overcome busyness in our own lives with the hope that there'll be some helpful things in there for our listeners. 
Yeah, we hope so. And I I think we all can agree that this is something that, especially here in the West, here in the United States, for sure, um, busyness is maybe something that we're is at the forefront of our minds all the time. And we did just say, I mean, the Christmas season may just be the most crazy of all. So it is kind of an irony that Andrew and I would decide to cover this topic now. But we're doing it. It's going to be great. Andrew, start in on what we mean by busyness. Well, so busyness, like uncertainty and fear, the the two obstacles that we we covered before, it's a common obstacle for all of us. And like those other two, it's not something that you figure out once and then you never have to struggle with it again. I mean, my understanding is that overcoming busyness is a constant endeavor. It's it's something that we're we're struggling to live life well, you know, month in and month out, year in and year out. And there's always going to be uh, this factor of busyness that's trying to trip us up. Uh, but there there are some ways of approaching life that can help us in this area. We're going to talk about them today. There's a verse from Scripture that I love that talks about this topic, and it comes from the book of Ecclesiastes. It says that those who are wise will find a time and a way to do what is right, for there is a time and a way for everything, even when a person is in trouble. And there's, there's a truth that's captured by that verse, and it's this, that the opposite of busyness is not leisure. And that might be what we initially think, that, well, if I wasn't busy, then life would just be serene and, and calm. Um, when we talk about overcoming busyness, we don't mean finding this utopian ideal where life is tranquil, uh, tranquil and things are never stressful. Um, overcoming busyness is really about finding the time and the way to do what is right, even when life is full. Man, that's so good. And Andrew, I was thinking about this idea and how we could talk about it. And it reminded me of the passage in Luke 14, uh, where Jesus shares the parable of the wedding feast. And so in this parable... I'm sure you remember um, the guy throwing the feast, gets it all ready, and he sends out his servants to call everyone to the feast, and they're like, hey, it's ready. And the first guy that they go to is like, (laughs) actually, I just got married, and I need to spend some time with my wife. And then he's like, okay. And so then he goes on to the next guy, and the next guy is like, hey, I would come, but I just got a new pair of oxen, and I need to try them out, and, you know, please excuse me, I've got some stuff to do. Okay, so the story continues, and, you know, it really goes downhill from there for those people. (laughs) Um, But Jesus then, after he shares this parable, he talks about the cost of discipleship, and it is not a coincidence that that is how he follows up. He says, you know, you will have to count the cost. If you want to be my disciple, you will have to, in comparison, hate everyone, your father, your mother, your wife, your children. Um, And I think this is a very similar thing for us when we're looking at this idea of busyness. It's not like we're going to, like you said, become tranquil and at peace and like wake up in the morning and have like a totally clear plate to then go out and do ministry. Like that is not (laughs) what's going to happen. But instead, what we're talking about is the choices that we make. We have to choose the kingdom over the things of this world. Um, And in this story, it's not like wanting to spend time with your new wife, having been a new wife at one time. I remember it maybe even taking a little offense at this as an example because I was like, um, it's legit to spend time with your new wife. Like, 
And it is. It's a good thing. And maybe, you know, also in the second example, the guy with the oxen, um, it's a good thing to, you know, be a good hard worker, maybe like spend time in business and be very, you know, have a lot of integrity mm. and work hard. Like all these things are good things. They're from the Lord. Um, he loves them. He tells us to take good care of them. And yet in this story, there's something wrong. And the something wrong there is that they're putting it before the kingdom. They're putting it before the work that the Lord has asked them to do. Um, and that's really the key that we're hitting upon here. So um, I this busyness topic might be the most heart issue that we've covered so far. I think we think like obstacles, Oh, for sure, the uncertainty, that's a heart issue. Um, the idea of fear is a heart issue. But busyness, that's more practical, right? Like, we just need to <laughs> do some practical moving around, and we'll get this taken care of. And no, man, guys, this is maybe the biggest heart issue that we have um, as believers in trying to do what the Lord has called us to do is really putting his work above our own desires. So, oh. Yeah, we. Yeah, it's it's really true. I, I love that you picked this story from Luke 14 and everything that you were just saying there, Abigail, because there's a there's a sense that we can have that these external forces that that life is is pressing in on us, and that as soon as things ease up, mm-hmm. then we'll have time, then we'll have energy, then we'll be able to to really. We wouldn't say it this way, probably, but then we'll then we'll have time for Jesus. Uh, then we'll have time to to do this this work that He's calling us to. As soon as these external forces uh, let up on us, um, and it's really you know overcoming busyness is about being able to to navigate those issues of life, like you said, uh, whether it's relationships, uh, our marriage, whether it's work, you know, these oxen. Uh, whether it's investments, the, the the field that had been purchased, those are all going to be realistic parts of life. But you're right, being able to to not use those as excuses that keep us from seeking first the kingdom. So I think it's a it's absolutely true. It's it's going to be something that we have to come to terms with, and mm. the the answer is not going to come from the outside. It's going to come from a change that's happening inside of us, like you said, a change in the heart and the way that we view life. So Yeah, and it really, it can happen today. I think that's the other thing that Hmm. I'm kind of, we will do, which is, you know, probably in a few years, things will calm down or in this season of life that I see off in the future. um, We have some really good friends that are missionaries and they lead a lot of mission trips, um, like short-term mission trips. And um, I was listening to them talk one day and they said, you know, so many people will say, oh, guys, we love that you guys do these mission trips. We want to come. You know, when we retire, we're going to start coming with you. And my friend paused and then she said, they never come. And it just like hit me really hard. <laughs> like I was like, oh, because I actually can apply that in a lot of areas of my life. Um, yeah. I have small kids. Um, and so I will find myself <laughs> saying, you know what, when I don't have small kids, man, 
you guys watch out. I'm going to just really take this world by storm. And it's, you know, seasons, <laughs> they are legit. I'm not taking away from the fact that I'm in a crazy season of life. But I also just went to shoot this out in the void to all those of you listening. Like, to let's make a commitment to face our busyness of today, of our current season right now and not put it off to the next season because I promise it'll have its enough trouble of its own so let's um I really just want to to get that across of just that this is a matter of the current season and we can face it because it is the hard issue of the day so okay now you have something else to say Andrew? <laughs> I was going to get into practical things but you can expound do you have any other words <laughs> no I just I just want to say that that I love that because it it does give hope that again, like if you if you think that that the solution is external, that that you just got to endure this certain season mm-hmm. of life, and then hopefully things are going to ease up, and you're going to have a less busy uh, life. Or if you think that there are certain pressures that are going to go away, I mean, you're really just at the mercy of other factors. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what you're saying, which I I really agree with is that, no, you can start today to, to bring order to the chaos and and we're going to, we're going to get into that, but yeah, let's, let's go ahead and transition into some practical ways. Exactly. So what can we do today? Yeah. Let's talk about what are some practical ways that today we can start to overcome this busyness in our lives, that we can be more focused on following Jesus and making disciples like he's called us to do. Well, there are probably many, but we're going to give our listeners four four practical things that they can do that we've tried to put into place in, in our own lives. And so the first one is to establish priorities. And you do that by committing to foundational practices. So I put that as one complete practical step that if you begin to establish priorities by committing to foundational practices it will begin to help you overcome busyness. So Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will fall into place. All these things will be added to you. And so it's not, when we talk about establishing priorities, it's not just a mental exercise where we think through, you know, what are the most important things in life? It's it's that followed by committing ourselves to some some actions that we're going to take on a daily, weekly basis. And we begin to build these foundational practices into our daily routine, into our weekly routines. And what it does is it begins to actually establish these priorities for our lives. And so a long time ago, I heard a wise old farmer at a uh, at an Easter prayer breakfast. It was it was funny, Abigail, because I went to this this prayer breakfast and there were hundreds of hundreds of people at this prayer breakfast, and they had some pretty well-known uh, speakers that were lined up to to give the keynote address. But this 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 old Southern farmer stood up at the very beginning, and he wasn't very polished. But mm-hmm. he said, "the The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing." And uh, you say that all the time. He, uh, you got it from a farmer. <laughs> I got it from a farmer back in Kentucky nice. at a prayer breakfast. This it's the only story. thing I remember. <laughs> it's the only thing I remember from that prayer breakfast. It's so good, though. Uh, I had no idea. Origin stories, guys, right here. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And he went on to explain that the main thing in life is to keep the main thing the main thing. It really fits with what we're talking about. Yeah, to overcome totally. busyness. 
yeah, it, it, overcoming business, it, busyness is, is basically learning how to keep the main thing, the main thing and not to allow these other forces and distractions to pull us away from the main thing. And for me, these foundational practices that I've been able to build into my life are part of what helps me keep the main thing, the main thing. So just a few of them uh, for me, starting my day off meeting with the Lord Jesus by reading scripture and by prayer to, to draw near to him at the very beginning of my day. That's a foundational practice that helps me establish priorities in my life. So it's not just a good thing that I'm doing because I'm a Christian and it's good to read your Bible and pray. It's a foundational practice that sets the tone for the rest of the day and actually helps me establish a priority that I'm going to seek first the kingdom um, this day. And I'm going to do that to start with by, by literally seeking Jesus. I'm going to start my day off in the word and in prayer. Another foundational practice that I've built into my life is to participate in weekly gatherings with my church family. And so those may, those may be on Sunday morning. They may be on a weeknight. The time of, of that gathering is less critical than the regularity and the fact that that is a commitment that is, that is going to happen for me. Uh, and again, it's just a way of establishing a priority that being part of the family of faith is is a priority in my life. And so there's a foundational practice that I'm going to commit myself to on a weekly basis. And then uh, I would add to that uh, several times during the week, I make a point to to get face to face time with those that I'm seeking to disciple. And if you're a younger believer, I would say, Make it a point, make it a foundational practice to get face-to-face -face time with the person who is discipling you. And that's going to actually establish a priority of growth and uh, a priority of, of seeking Christ and growing in your faith because that foundational practice is in place. So, so we have to link establishing priorities with committing to these foundational practices and the reason is because when we when we commit ourselves to these foundational practices, what it actually does is it creates that space in your life that that if you don't commit to that foundational practice, that space gets gobbled up by these external pressures and, and you feel like you don't have any time. And the reason is because you didn't set it aside. You didn't create the space in your life so that that priority could really take root and flourish. And many people have heard this analogy, but it's the idea of trying to, to fill a, a glass jar up and you've got all these rocks and you've got this dirt. And uh, the secret is to put the big rocks into the jar first. And if you put the big rocks in and then you begin to pour the dirt on top of that, then the dirt will, will make its way down into the cracks and, and you'll be able to fill up the jar completely. But if you put the dirt in first and then you try to add the rocks, it won't fit. Mm. And uh, it's, a good, it's a good visual for what we're talking about here. These foundational practices, those are, what, those are the big rocks that you're able to put into the jar. The things that really matter, seeking first the kingdom, putting the family of faith first, putting your work in the harvest first. And then the rest of life will, will be able to fit and flow around those big rocks. So... That's the first thing I would say is to establish priorities by committing to foundational practices. 
Yeah, that's really good, Andrew. And you mentioned um, prayer in there, and I think I'm going to give it its own bullet point, even though you just mentioned it. Um, I want to double down on the prayer. So let's double down on the prayer here. Um, There's a great, I think it's attributed to Martin Luther. He may or may not have said it, but we're just going to give him credit today that he said, I'm too busy not to pray. Um, and we're going to use it today. It's a great um, quote that I think makes a lot of sense that if we're not, like Andrew said, making that commitment right off the bat to spend time in his presence, um, then really what what are we going to do the rest of the day, honestly? Um, and a, a little more on that idea of prayer is that prayer 100% creates perspective and centers us with a Christ vision, I think. Like we get to see through his eyes and with kingdom eyes. And I promise you every day when I wake up in the morning, I wake up with Abigail eyes like 100% of the time. And so I know that I can, I need that time where I am recentering with the Lord and bringing him the things that I maybe have on my agenda, um, but that I need to take them to him first and see if my needs that I see about my day really line up with the Lord's desires. Um, I know that I have definitely brought before the Lord prayer needs that I see in my life, um, and I've started praying about them Um and, you know, I, I totally get behind bringing selfish prayers to the Lord. I really do. Like, I don't, some people don't think that's a good idea, but I do. Like, if I'm, I'm just like, man, you know, our car is just really gross and it's starting to break down a lot. Like, I just think we need a new car. So I'll start to pray right. about that. And so maybe the Lord agrees and he provides a new car and a way for that. But, oh, guys. A lot of times, um, if I pray for new shoes that are really shiny and pretty, the Lord does not provide that desire. (laughs) And that's good because instead of me getting disappointed, instead he recenters me and he shows me something else about himself that's so much better than new shoes um, or whatever it is that, you know, I was praying for. So I think we... We bring our requests and petitions before the Lord, not only to receive blessing in return, but also just so that we see our need and our desires through his eyes. And are they his, do they line up with his? So we just, we really need prayer, guys. We need to be in his presence, seeking him, seeking his kingdom. And those are the prayers he's going to really bless and answer. So I think prayer, yeah, we're going to double down on it. (laughs) <laughs> so true and a, a good point. Um, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, a great verse on prayer. And it really touches on something you said there, Abigail, where it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which uh, transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And it's just a kind of a good yellow flag that when you begin to feel the the pressure of life, feel that anxiety, yeah. you know, prayer really is the solution. And I think because of what you said there, that it actually, oftentimes it, it simply elevates our perspective so that, you know, the things that we can sometimes really get consumed by, you know, prayer helps us to see those things with, with God's perspective and, and we're not as anxious about them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this, uh, this third practical step that we're going to share is... To get organized. And this was something that I've been working on uh, for, for several years now, I think uh, just trying to figure out how to 
be more organized with the way I approach life. But the, the last few years, especially one, one thing that I've started to do that's been very helpful for me. And so I'll pass it on to our listeners is I've begun to map my day each morning as one of the first things I do. And what I mean by that is at the very outset, I've got a, a notepad and it's just a, a lined paper. So there's nothing fancy about this particular notepad. But I will actually write four headings on that piece of paper. And oftentimes I'll do this even before I start my, my reading and my time of prayer. And those four headings will be the big three, my do list, appointments that I have that day, and then just a, a fourth category for ideas. And so um, it's helpful because what it does is it, it actually gets, as I think about what's going to happen during this day, mapping it and putting it on paper actually helps it just get organized in my own mind. And also it's, it's, a, it's a way for me to establish some priorities uh, about what I'm really going to try to accomplish that day. So the, the big three, these are the three most important things that I'm going to try to accomplish that day. Uh, and so I give some thought to, to that. And then the do list are just a lot of other things that need to happen, but they could be very mundane. It could be, you know, pick up the dry cleaning, but it needs to happen. <laughs> so, or pay that bill. Um, and I don't want to lose sight of that. I want to have it clear in my mind that, Hey, this is something that needs to happen. And then the appointments are, are either people I'm going to see in person or phone calls that uh, are going to happen. All of that actually helps me do what's called a mind sweep. And so when I go to start reading my Bible, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, Abigail, but sometimes you'll, I'll be reading my Bible and then this little notification will go off in my head that, oh, don't forget, you've got to do this later today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, what, what I found is that if I don't write that down, then it'll just it'll really keep me from concentrating on my reading and being fully engaged with, with my time with Jesus. And so having that notepad next to me and, and being able to map out the day in those basic ways actually helps me focus on the Lord and focus on prayer. And it just kind of puts the day, it frames the day, so to speak. And it can sound a little bit technical, but it's actually... I think a really important thing to do, and you and I were talking before we began to record about Genesis chapter one and what it means to be made in the image of God. One of the things that I believe it means to be made in the image of God is that just as God is a creator and he's, he is, um, someone who brings, uh, uh, order out of chaos and he brings light out of darkness in the same way we are wired. I think we have divine DNA that, that we need to be creative and, and we need to bring order to a chaotic world, which includes our own lives that, that we need to bring order to the chaos that is our own lives. And so when, when the Lord gave his first command to humanity to be fruitful and multiply, to fill the earth, to subdue it, to rule over it, to me, that's a direct reference to being made in the image of God, that there's, we're designed for this, that we, we are designed to, to be fruitful, to multiply, to subdue, to rule. And so going back to something we talked about earlier, if, 
if you have the attitude that life is just pulling you in different directions, then something's not quite right, that, that you need to be someone who's stepping in and, and directing the way that your life goes. And, and you've got the ability to do that. So getting organized and maybe starting by doing this practice of mapping your day is something that could help folks begin to bring some order to the chaos of, of their lives. Yeah, thank you for sharing that part from just your wisdom there from Genesis one twenty eight. I, I just I really think that when you shared that with me offline, I was like, please share this, Andrew. It's so good, <laughs> and I I think it's for so many of us that we feel very out of control um, when we think about all the things that maybe feel like really huge priorities to us, um, and maybe we even feel out of control from things that technically we do have control in. I what I think of most there yeah. is, you know, people have tremendous debt. Um, America is in terrible debt. And sometimes that is a huge one that people are struggling with out there and trying to work a million jobs to pay that debt and to to handle that weight that's on them. And I I just love the the real promise that we have there in Genesis that this is we are called to subdue this and and he is not just going to leave us alone in that but he is going to help us uh, we are not at the mercy of all of this busyness so this kind of plays into the last thing that we want to give as a practical application of things we can do and that is to just learn to say no um, so Andrew, you actually gave this one for, to me to do today. And I was like, I fully agree with that, but that may be the one I struggle with the most. So thanks a lot. Um, so as yep. I'm telling you guys this, just know, I'm really just telling it to myself. So here I am giving myself a little pep talk. Um, we really do have a problem in the modern culture of just ending up chasing everything. We feel like, you know, this we, I should have it all, and I should spend my time chasing all of that, and I should say no to nothing. I mean, essentially, every opportunity <laughs> that comes my way is one that I should take, and this is just absolutely not true. We end up being so stretched thin and really not able to give 100% to anything, Um and so I for sure feel this a lot, um, and it's something I have to go back to time and time again. And I think, you know, we've talked about this too, that these are not things that today, as you listen to the podcast, you're going to say, oh, great, now now i got a handle on it. We're good to go. No longer going to deal with this problem ever again. These are <laughs> definitely reoccurring things that um, we are just called to fight and called to bring the truth to. So um, this is something for sure that I have to come to time and time again. Um, and we can definitely see Jesus's life as a great example. He knew exactly when to lay his boundaries down. He said right. so, like quite a bit that he was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel and so that could seem very harsh and cold to us as we read it. And yet he had such a strong hold upon what the father had sent him to do. And there was absolutely nothing that was going to get in the way of doing that. And we see the results of that all in scripture and in our own lives. And we're grateful for it. So we want to do that in our own lives as well. We want to 
know with our whole hearts what the Lord is wanting us to do. And if you don't know what that is, go back and listen to our Uncertainty (laughs) podcast. That'll help you. Um, And then once (laughs) you have a handle on what it is that is, you know, your top three, as Andrew just talked about in the getting organized, then lay hold of those things and, you know, let it be okay to say no to other stuff. And that can also be saying no to our own desires, um, our own dreams even, um, and things that we think we just really, really want in our lives. And it's being able to say no makes room for something far greater. Um, And we talked about that earlier too, the making space. But Saying no also makes space in our lives, um, and it makes space for what God wants to do. And I guarantee you it will be a lot, lot better than what we can come up with. Um, so I am saying this to myself, guys. We we do need to say <laughs> no more and say no even to things that may seem really great, but they're just not in line with what we are – our current calling is, our current um, – sort of goals and things that are set before us that we need to focus on. For me, I have to say no a lot because I'm raising small children and they have to take a priority and the investment that I'm putting into them, putting into those three-year-olds, man, we just hope that one day they grow up to be great little humans, but they need a lot of nurturing before they get to that point. And so that's just a, a very straightforward example and maybe like the most, yeah, we the easiest to not argue with, but at the same time, we're faced with those every day, and we all are. So, um, just practice yeah. the art of saying no, for sure. Yeah, I think um, I think it's it's actually countercultural for us that the 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 thing that comes normal to us is to say yes, um, but that actually needs to get turned around where where we become comfortable and it becomes very common for us to say no to these opportunities. Um, One thing that uh, I truly believe is that there's a fine line between opportunity and distraction. And what, what you might see as this great opportunity turns out to be a distraction. So if, if you're someone who isn't saying no often, it could mean that you haven't really figured out what the one big thing is to say yes to. Because when you say yes to something big and life-centering, then it automatically exposes that you're going to have to say no to a lot of other things. And this is a very simple example. But when I said yes to Cindy as the person I was going to commit my life to in marriage, it really made it easy to say no to every other woman in the world. And it's kind of the same idea here that if you're finding it hard to say no to opportunities or to to things that you're curious about, it could just be that you don't have that clarity. And so, like Abigail said, maybe go back and listen to episode 16 about gaining that clarity of vision of what it is that God is calling you to. But Abby, why don't we recap some of these steps, these these four steps that we gave people just so that they have them here as we wrap up as we're wrapping up the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So we covered establishing priorities by committing to foundational practices. So starting our day with the biggest things, um, spending time in the word and in prayer and in fellowship and in growing in the Lord and in wisdom, those are the things that should come first. And if you can argue out of those things, then 
you're probably going to be in trouble the rest of the day. So trying to put (laughs) those foundational practices first before we start adding in other things. And then developing our prayer life so that we can maintain perspective and recenter on having a kingdom vision the way Jesus does and how he sees our life. And then getting organized by bringing order to our chaos and our minds. I know mine for sure. By <laughs> literally mapping it out. Um, get a piece of paper and map it out. Like Andrew said, it was really great. Boy, I love a good list. So, man, that was just speaking <laughs> my love language right there. So that's a really good one. And then learning to say no. Um, saying no can really help our yeses. So we went to learn how to do that. Well, guys, we hope that this conversation and the two preceding ones help you really identify and overcome these obstacles, whether that's uncertainty, whether it's fear or what we talked about today, busyness. We hope that we can help you have some practical ways of overcoming those in your own life so that you can better live the adventure of being a disciple and making disciples. But we would love to know what you think. If you've got uh, other practical ways that you found to overcome busyness, let us know on social media or email us at info at intotheharvest.org. Tell us the tips and tricks that you're using to overcome busyness. Abby, we've got two more episodes left in season one. What? The next, I know, I know, it's, it's hard to believe. So the next one that we're going to do is about kids in the harvest. And I'm actually really excited about this one, but I just want to throw that out to our listeners as well. If I know that we've had people that have asked over social media, what do you do with kids that when you, when you have church in the harvest, when you're opening your home and you're having people over, how do kids fit in? And so if people have specific questions that they would like us to address on the next episode of the podcast, kids in the harvest, then hit us up on social media, email us at info at intotheharvest.org. Ask us those questions. We're definitely going to be talking about it. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. Yes. Abigail, we'll do it again soon. Yeah, we will. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can help us reach more people by going to iTunes, subscribing, and leaving a review. And if you like what we're doing here, tell a friend about us. In an age of social media, word of mouth is still the best way to spread the message.